Summoners, and welcome back to another episode of Ponder Sea Lion Radio. I am your host, League of Legends, and let's get this show kicked off already. No, you know, rambling, long, minute-long intros where I just start talking about random stuff that nobody really cares about. We're just going to jump right into this episode. Um, we're just going to get started right away. I know that you guys don't like, you know, dilly-dallying or or wasting time or, you know, long pauses. Sorry, I, I was just checking a text, you know. I, I know you guys really don't like that stuff. I know that you want to just get right into the action. You know, that's the kind of crowd you guys are. You're, uh, you're really instant gratification, just boom, boom, boom. That's why you listen to podcasts, you know. It's just, it's automatically available. You, you don't have to wait for a certain time for it to come on. You can just download it right away. But, you know, why am I explaining it to you guys? You guys know how podcasts work because you're listening to one. So we're going to get right in. Jump right into the episode right now. <laughs> We're going to be reading an article from Serwin.net, and I believe that guy's a game designer, and he's talking about the scrub mentality and how it affects you in typically fighting games. That's what the article mostly touches on, but it does, a lot of it does apply to League of Legends, so I think it's a really interesting one to read. It'll also be linked in the description, as always. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just love trolling you guys. Let's just get the show on the road. For real. Right now. Hey guys, so I read this article a few months ago, and I thought it was really interesting. It was a great read the first time that I read through it, and it really applies... It seems to be geared more towards fighting games like Street Fighter or Smash Brothers, but it really does apply to League of Legends very well, so I thought I would share it with you guys, and hopefully you guys will enjoy it. But it's called Playing to Win, and here's the start of it. Playing to win is for people who are trying to win at games. It's not for people who aren't. For those people who are trying to win, they should make tournament legal moves that help them win rather than moves that don't. You wouldn't think that this that would be even slightly controversial, but somehow it is. Even though playing to win is the most important concept in competitive games, it's also widely misunderstood. Let's untangle that now. The scrub mentality. Scrub is not a term I made up. It sounds like kind of a harsh term, but it's the only one... But it's the one that was already in common usage in games to describe a certain type of player, and it made more sense for to me to explain that rather than to coin a new term. A scrub is not just a bad player. Everyone needs time to learn a game and get to a point where they know what they're doing. The scrub mentality is to be so shackled by self-imposed handicaps as to never have any hope of being truly good at a game. You can practice forever, but if you can't get over these common hang-ups, in a sense you've lost the game before you even started. You've lost before you've even picked which game to play. You are not playing to win. A scrub would disagree with this, though. They'd say that they are trying very hard. The problem is that they are only trying hard within a construct of fictitious rules that prevent them from ever truly competing. That's cheap. Scrubs are likely to label a wide variety of moves and tactics as cheap. For example, performing a throw in fighting games is often called cheap. A throw is a move that grabs an opponent and damages them, even while they're defending against all other kinds of attacks. Throws exist specifically to allow you to damage opponents who block and don't attack. As far as the game is concerned, throwing is an integral part of the design, and it's meant to be there, yet scrubs construct their own set of principles that state they should be totally impervious to all attacks while blocking. 
Scrubs think of blocking as a kind of magic shield which will protect them indefinitely. Throwing violates these rules in their heads even though it doesn't violate any actual game rule. A scrub would not throw their opponent five times in a row, but why not? What if doing so is strategically the sequence of moves that optimize your chances of winning? It's cheap, though. Throwing is cheap. And it's not just throwing, it's a long list of somewhat arbitrary maneuvers. If you can keep a scrub away from you by zoning them with projectile attacks, you'll probably be called cheap. If you do one move over and over, that's cheap. If you get a lead, then doing nothing, then do nothing for 30 seconds so that you can win by a timeout, that's cheap. Nearly anything you do that ends up making you win is a prime candidate for being called cheap. Let's specifically consider the case where you do one move over and over again. This goes right to the heart of the matter. Why can the scrub not defeat someone something so obvious and telegraphed as a single move done over and over again? Are they such a poor player that they can't counter that move? And if the move is, for whatever reason, extremely difficult to counter, then why wouldn't you be a fool? Then wouldn't you be a fool for not using that move? The first step in becoming a top player is the realization that playing to win means doing whatever most increases your chances of winning. The game knows no rules of honor or of cheapness. The game only knows winning and losing. It's not fun to play that way. This might be true, or it might not be, depending on the game. The scrub mentality is to make the, this claim for basically all games, though, so beware of that. Some games don't hold up to high-level play. That's sloppy design, in my opinion. A solid game holds up to experts playing it as hard as they can against each other. That way, the game can be fun for beginners and experts. When a game doesn't hold up to expert play, it's degenerate in some way. It is a filthy degenerate who should be shot... Okay, I'm not, I'm not donkey. There's only one good move or one good character or one good strategy or something like that. The game offers what appears to be a lot of fun options, but you don't actually get to do those fun options against experts, even if you are an expert too. So for this type of game, playing to win really will make it less fun, but that's not a problem with the players who are doing their best. It's a problem with the game. I wouldn't fault players here or complain to them like they are playing in a boring way. I'd complain to the game developer or play a different game. There are plenty of games that become more fun as you get better of them rather at them rather than less fun. With a good game, getting better and better at it reveals more and more depth to you rather than exposing the game's shallowness. Games like Street Fighter or StarCraft are like this. Consider two groups of players who play a non-degenerate game, a group of good players and a group of scrubs. The scrubs will play for fun and not explore the extremities of the game. They won't find the most effective tactics and abuse them mercilessly. The good players will. The good players will find extremely overpowering tactics and patterns. As they play the game more, they'll be forced to find counters to those tactics. The majority of tactics that at first appear unbeatable end up having counters, though they are often difficult to discover. The counter tactic prevents the first player from doing the tactic, but the first player can then use a counter to the counter. The second player is now afraid to use the counter, and they're again vulnerable to the original overpowering tactic. Notice that the good players are reaching higher and higher levels of play. They found the cheap stuff and abused it. They now know how to stop the cheap stuff, they know how to stop the other player from stopping it so they can keep doing it. And as it is quite common in competitive games, many new tactics will later be discovered that end up making the original cheap tactic look wholesome and fair. Often in fighting games, one character will have something so good it's unfair. Fine, let him have that. As time goes on, it will be discovered that other characters have even more powerful and unfair tactics. Each player will attempt to steer the game in the direction of their own advantages, much how Grandmaster chess players attempt to steer opponents into situations in which their opponents are weak. The group of scrubs won't know the first thing about all the depth I've just been talking about. Their argument is basically that ignorantly mashing buttons with little regard to actual strategy is more fun. Or to be more charitable, their argument could be that the game becomes less fun if they use Tactic X or Character X or whatever. That might be true temporarily until they figure out how to beat whatever it is, but ultimately the experts are having a more nuanced exchange, more opportunity for expression, for clever plays, for smart strategies, and so on. The Scrubs games might get more wet and wild than games between the experts, which are usually more controlled and refined, but any close examination will reveal that the experts are having a great deal of fun on a higher level than the Scrub can imagine. 
Throwing together some circus act of a win isn't nearly as satisfying as reading your opponent's mind to such a degree that you can counter their every move, even their every counter. Counter the counter of counterception. Leonardo to counter. Prio. Ha 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 ha. And if the two groups meet, of course the experts will absolutely destroy the scrubs with any number of tactics they've either never seen or never been truly forced to counter. This is because the scrubs have not been playing the same game. The experts were playing the actual game while the scrubs were playing their own homemade variant with restricting unwritten rules. The actual game really should be more fun if it's non-degenerate. That's a no-skill way to play. Complaining that you don't want to do X in a game because it doesn't take skill is a common scrub complaint. The concept of skill is yet another excuse to add fictional rules and avoid making the best moves. Curiously, scrubs often talk about how they have skill, whereas other players, very much including the ones who beat them flat out, do not have skill. This might be some sort of ego defense mechanism, where people define skill as whatever subset of the game they're good at, and then elevate that above actually trying to win. For example, in Street Fighter, scrubs often cling to combos as a measure of skill. A combo is a sequence of moves that are unblockable if the first move hits. Combos can be very elaborate and very difficult to pull off. A scrub might be very good at performing difficult combos, but not good at actually winning. They lost to someone with no skill. Single moves can also take skill, according to the scrub. The dragon punch or uppercut in Street Fighter is performed by holding the joystick towards the opponent, then down, then diagonally down, and toward the player as and toward as the player presses a punch button. This movement must be completed within a fraction of a second, and although there is leeway, it must be executed fairly accurately. Scrub see a dragon punch as a skill move. One time I played a scrub who was pretty good at many aspects of Street Fighter, but he cried cheap as I beat him with no skill moves while he performed many difficult dragon punches. He cried cheap when I threw him five times in a row, asking, is that all you know how to do? Throw? I told him play to win, not to do difficult moves. He would never have reached the next level of play without shedding those extra rules in his head. In a tournament, winning the match is what counts. It doesn't matter if you use throws or dragon punches or if you ran out the clock while running away or whatever else. It doesn't matter if you played in an innovative way or if you didn't do anything new. Don't be overly concerned about whether you are playing with skill, but rather if you are playing to actually win. Using bugs. If an expert does anything they can do to win, then they exploit. Then do they exploit bugs in the game? The answer is a huge yes for most bugs. If you think no is a reasonable answer, then you haven't thought this through yet. There's a large class of bugs in video games that players don't even view as bugs. They aren't even aware that they are bugs. A tame example. In Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Iceman can launch his opponent into the air, follow them, do a few hits, then combo into his super move. During the super move, he falls down below his opponent, so only about half of his super will connect. The Iceman player can use a trick, though. Just before doing the super, they can do another move, an ice beam, and instantly cancel that move into the super. There's a bug here, which causes Iceman to fall slower during his super at the same speed that he'd fall during his ice beam, even though the ice beam didn't fully come out. The player actually cancels the ice beam as soon as possible, ideally as soon as 160th of a second after it begins. This lets the Iceman player connect with every hit of the super. Is this a bug? It's sh- I'm sure it is. Getting the movement property of a move you instantly cancel is a pervasive bug in many Capcom fighting games. Would an expert player use this? Of course. No one would even think twice about this. It would be absurd to ban it. It would also be absurd to not do it because it's cheap. A substantial example, in Street Fighter Alpha 2, there's a bug in which you can land the most powerful move in the game, a custom combo or CC, on the opponent even when they should be able to block it. If you weren't blocking low at the moment they activated the CC, you can't crouch in time to block it. A bug? Yes. Does it help you win? Yes. This technique became the dominant tactic of the game. The gameplay evolved around this, play went on, new strategies were developed, those who cried cheap were simply left behind to play their own homemade version of the game with made-up rules. The one we all played had unblockable CCs and it went on to be a great game. How CCs were intended to be doesn't really matter. In the game we have available, they work how they work, and taking advantage of that is necessary to win. A bug too far. Some bugs are actually too problematic for you to use. This is generally not up to you, the player, to figure out, though. A tournament organizer's job is to ban what needs to be banned, ideally as little as possible. 
If something is banned in a tournament, then you shouldn't use it, even if it helps you win. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> when you play in a competitive game, you want to be playing it the same game everyone else is playing. When you make up your own scrub rules about not throwing or whatever, you aren't playing the same game as everyone else anymore. Likewise, if you use tournament ban thanks to your advantage, you aren't playing the same game as anyone else either. You're just cheating. When tournament organizers determine what, if anything, is banned, they should choose only bans that are enforceable, discreet, and warranted. This is all fighting game stuff. To learn more about those concepts, read blah, 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 blah. Uh, this is kind of pointless. Kind of pointless. Okay. This one applies to League. Too good. This is the most dangerous category. Scrubs will say practically everything is too good in any game. In my experience, 99% of claims that something should be banned because it's too powerful are just wrong. That said, 1% of the time, there's something that's actually too powerful, something that is game-breaking and how powerful it is, but if you get rid of it, the rest of the game is fine. We hope the tournament organizers have the wisdom to tell the 99% case from the 1% case and only ban the rare thing that seriously deserves it. This character, Akuma, in Street Super Turbo Street Fighter is a great example of that rare case. Akuma is a secret character requiring a long, annoying code to even pick him. He's a boss character that was clearly not intended to be fair at all. Akuma is the best character in the game. That alone means nothing as far as banning every game with characters has a best character. The problem is that Akuma is miles and miles and miles better than all the other characters. He has a 9 to 1 or 10 to 0 ratio matchup against every single character. It's very likely significantly more powerful, maybe by an order of magnitude, than any character in any game you've ever played. Just to give an example, he can use his red fireball repeatedly in such a way that you're stuck blocking until you die. You can even hold the joystick towards him and you're still stuck blocking it over and over again. If you fix that, he'd still be 9 to 1 or 10 to 0 against everyone else. This example is so incredibly extreme that the entire community immediately realized that Akuma needed to be banned when the code to pick him was discovered. This isn't because the entire community was scrubs. It was because Akuma is more similar to a game-breaking bug than he is an overpowered character. The real bug is that he's pickable at all in multiplayer modes. You should use whatever you can to win, but just be aware that there are rare cases where something is so broken that tournament organizers will need to ban to have a functioning game. Playing for fun. If you play in such a way as to maximize your chance of winning, it means abusing everything cheap that you can. It means frustrating the opponent, using bugs, and anything else you can think of that that's legal to do. When all this comes together, it gives you a deeper kind of fun than is possible at lower skill levels. That said, it's also fun to just mess around. It's fun to explore new characters, new strategies, and just do silly things. This type of... This type of stuff is actually really useful even when your ultimate goal is to win. It's also totally fine to mess around with no intention of ever becoming really good. You don't have to try to be the best in every game you play. I certainly don't try that. It would be exhausting. I try that. Because <laughs> I... Oh, being competitive is fun. Fun. Okay, I'm gonna finish. But when I see someone else trying to be the best, I admire it rather than condemn it. If that makes the game fall apart, I hold the game developer responsible, not the player. But if you want to win, if that's your intention, then you need to leave behind whatever mental baggage you have that would prevent you from making the moves that actually help you win. By practicing, or by doing that and practicing and learning, you can walk the path of continuous self-improvement that playing to win is really about. You know where else you can get self-improvement? Prove your league Okay. So, I really enjoy this article because, yes, I know a lot of it was focused around Street Fighter and fighting games in general, but... It really does apply to League of Legends in a lot of ways. Like, I'm just going to scroll back up to the top real quick. That's cheap. All right, I'm not going to pretend to be a person who has never ever called anything cheap while I've been playing League. Um, but at the same time, most of the time in League of Legends, it's a decently balanced game, I suppose, in as far as extremes go. Because, yes, something might be really strong, but it's never really to the point where that's the only thing you can play to win. 
Like, I've very rarely, if ever, seen that. It's mostly when Riot releases new things. Like, you guys remember that Lucian update a while ago that gave him a million dashes after he uses abilities? That was funny. But, yeah, stuff is usually not too cheap in League of Legends. It's just some things... Because, like, it was mentioning that character Akuma that's, you know, a 90 to 10 <laughs> matchup ratio against every character in the game. That's, like, absolutely crazy and obviously ban-worthy. But in League of Legends, we really don't have very many champions like that ever. It's very rare to see champions that are just completely miles and miles and miles ahead of everyone else. Because even with this Juggernaut update... Okay, the Juggernaut update was crap, but... <laughs> with Even when, you know, Zed is really powerful, all those AD assassins are powerful... It's not like you can't play mages. They're very rarely played in competitive play, but that's because competitive play is a completely different thing than solo queue. But generally speaking, League of Legends is never a completely broken game. I, I call stuff broken all the time because I'm just a huge complainer when I play video games. You cannot, Anyone who's played with me will know that, but at the same time, I can't give League too much crap for being unbalanced because it's rare for it to be completely unplayable for your playstyle of preference or your champion of preference in solo queue at least it's no fun to play that way i love this one i've always been someone who plays to win but when i was a little kid playing you know super smash brothers and someone would pick a character that i don't like or that i think is boring or just sit in the back and spam fox laser and then i run over and then he'd run to the other side of the map and shoot fox laser at me i would always say that's not a fun way to play so Trust me, I do have first-hand experience with that phrase, and I'm very ashamed to have used it on my friends many times. And we do see people saying things like that. Like, if you're laying against a Yorick, I've seen many people who lane against Yorick. Well, I haven't seen many people lane against Yorick, because it's Yorick. Ha ha ha! Get it? Because he doesn't get picked very often. That's the joke, because you don't, you don't see that many Yorick players, so... When I said I've seen a lot of people playing against Yorick, it's funny because not that many people play against Yorick. This joke brought to you by Darkmane, I guess? I don't, I don't know. Whatever. That's, it's not fun to play that way. It has plagued my early childhood of video gaming, so I know about this phrase. And for me, there's no really unfun way to play League of Legends. There's no wrong way to play League of Legends, I should say. Like, I love to, when I'm in lane, I just, in normal games sometimes, I'll just pick Nasus, I'll go top lane, and I'll just chill for 20 minutes, just try and get some stacks. You know, I channel my inner searches or Sir HC Easy. I still don't know, I still don't know how to say it. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really relaxing for me to just sit in the top lane, just stack up, not really have to pay too much attention to what I'm doing, just kind of relax. I like doing that. It... A lot of people would say that's not a fun way to play League of Legends, but but really, that's the most stupid thing you can say to someone, is that you're not having fun right now. No, you're not enjoying this. You are not enjoying this. Stop having fun. It's, it's completely pointless to tell someone that they're not playing in a fun way. It might be unfun for you, but at the end of the day, in video games, you create your own fun. So, if you're not having fun with a game, it's either because you don't enjoy that specific game, which is nothing there's nothing wrong with that it's not necessarily an issue with you or the game it's just you don't gel very well with that game you don't really enjoy it which is fine 
or you're using these predetermined rules, these fictitious rules that the the writer of this article talks about in order to almost force yourself into not having fun because of how your opponent is playing. Because in a multiplayer game, you create your fun. You determine how much fun you're going to have. Now, is it unfun when you get killed eight times in laning? Yeah, but you can still have a good attitude about it. I don't want to preach too much because I've had really crappy attitudes when I'm playing League, so I'm not going to pretend to be this saint or whatever, but I do believe that you you create your own fun. I think that's a fair thing to say. Um, Let's scroll down a little bit. Oh, I really liked what he was talking about with the the finding different ways to counter. Like, you've got the initial cheap tactic, and then they counter it, and then you counter the counter. I really like that, because that symbolizes perfectly the meta in League of Legends, because we're getting this huge marks and not date. They're going to be OP and broken as hell. I'm going to play so much Master Yin, gain so much ELO during this time, but, you know, so we've got all these probably going to be extremely overpowered AD carries. So what's going to happen? Well, the number one way to kill an AD carry is to pick an assassin. So we're going to see the rise of assassins in the mid, top, and jungle roles. Once that happens, we're going to see tanks make another comeback and stop, shut down the assassins because assassins typically have a lot of trouble dealing with tanks, and then it's just an, a repeating cycle of... It's almost like rock, paper, scissors is one of the better ways to put it. So seeing that part, that's almost identical to League of Legends and the shifting metas, so I really liked that part. That was really interesting. Oh, and I'll put the link for this in the description, so if you guys want to check it out and read it for yourself and check out his whole... I think there's a whole book on this, but I'm not sure. I think this is the abridged, really short version. Oh, the classic, that's a no-skill way to play. Oh my, I cannot count how many times this has been said to me after I just kill some people with Master Yi. Oh, this is like music to my ears to hear this phrase. I mean, you know, they don't typically type in all chat. That's a no-skill way to play, and they just call you a scrub FGT noob. Who should, you know, be gunned down in the street like the degenerate? Okay. <laughs> but yes, that's a no-skill way to play. I cannot tell you how many times this has been said to me. And so I really like this section because when you just destroy someone as Master Yi, you don't get a lot of props. Now, I will say one thing that I've really enjoyed about ranking up, and this also goes along with, like, Protato Monster top five plays or whatever. If you ever see a Master Yi, Akali, or Katarina play, or any of those really considered easy champions to play, you will just immediately see the bronze players, and I'm sorry because that's who's doing it. It's just the bronze players flood in and talk trash about this player who got their play featured. Like, it's either, it's one of two things. It's either jealousy, which is not entirely unlikely. It's either jealousy, or they just are physically incapable of seeing the, the level of skill required to pull off whatever maneuver it was that they just did. Like, I saw one of the most impressive Master Yi plays I've ever seen on a Protato Monster video, and it just... The video got a ton of dislikes because it was a Master Yi play, and nobody wants to see that. And there are still skillful tactics you can pull off with Master Yi, like resetting your auto attacks or dodging tower shots with your or dodging other skill shots with your alpha strike. There's so much stuff you can do that's mu- so much more nuanced than Scrubs realize that they just sort of because it's Master Yi, they just blanket statement it. Oh, that's no skill. He got a pentakill with Master Yi. It must have been easy. He must have just right clicked and pressed Q. 
when there really could have been so much more that went into it. So, yeah, don't <laughs> it, don't construct skill and no skill types of champions because at the end of the day, all that matters is whether you got the win or not. I I don't remember who it was, but there was some guy who had in his Twitter bio that one of his pet peeves was high elo, like challenger level mains, who or challenger level players who just main Janna or Soraka or some other quote-unquote easy champion for the free low. But if it was so easy, you would see the top tier of play just dominated by Janna and Soraka players, and we all know that's not the case. So they surely must have done something correctly to get to where they are. They're still in the top 0.001% of players. They still are extremely good players in League of Legends. Do their champions require as many mechanics? No, but playing League of Legends requires a lot of mechanics, no matter what champion you're on. So... I don't know, the mechanical skill thing, I just don't buy it. And of course, even if they are playing these easier champions, that means that their game knowledge and game sense is probably really high up there. So, yeah, calling saying that people are playing in a no-skill way, watching Trinomir push down to your Nexus after staying top for 50 minutes, it it's easy to say that it's a no-skill way to play, but it's it's not. There's no brain-dead way to play League of Legends. There's just way too much that goes into this game to play it in a no-skill manner. It's it's not like Street Fighter, where you can just, you know, do that, and then I don't know why you're playing Street Fighter on a computer, but if you were, <laughs> that's what it would sound like, I'm sure, if you're playing like a scrub. Um, Let's scroll down a little bit. Using bugs, yeah, this one's not really applicable to League of Legends because if you use bugs they're either typically going to get patched or you're going to get banned if it's like abusing that Bork bug where you could instantly kill everyone like yeah your account got banned so yeah this one is more for fighting games um the too good thing that I was talking about right so I was mentioning Lucian earlier right after he'd gotten reworked to have his super mobility patch. <laughs> that was fun. Um, just look up Lucian Bolt. If you want to have a good laugh. Because it's it's just hilarious how badly balanced that patch was. Oh, I'm just going to give a brief history lesson for any newer players. But what happened was Lucian was a very strong champion at the time. I know Tank Meta has not been kind to him. But um, basically what happened is Riot was going to release this patch to... Decrease his ult or his dash's cooldown, move some power around, shift his power around, and they removed the mana cost on his E, and they reduced his attack range from 550 to 500, if I'm not mistaken. And they had, like, all these pro players talking about how they're just destroying this character, how Lucian's going to be completely unplayable after the changes go through, and he's going to be so bad. I don't know if they skipped the PvE or not on this change, but he was so hilariously broken that they disabled him from LCS. I I don't know if I've ever seen them disable a champion from LCS for being straight up overpowered. For being bugged, sure. But overpowered, it's... Wow. It was so bad. It was actually hilarious, if we're being honest, because it was just so badly balanced after everyone had said that it was destroying the champion, that 500 attack range wasn't enough. GG, Riot, you killed my main. And then he becomes the most broken thing in the game. I just thought it was great. I'm actually not sure. Uh, although they did... It was um, also with the recent Skarner update. 
We're at like a 60-something percent, 65% win rate, if I recall correctly. Something ridiculously high. Then you got bug fixed or hot fixed. Hot patched? No, hot fixed. Definitely hot fixed. That, again, is more of a fighting game thing, and that's for old games. More typically because, you know, obviously we can have patches that fix the too-good category. Unless they're vain. Okay, vain's not too good to be broken, or not so good that it's broken, but... And then the last one, the last section was playing for fun. And I do this all the time, which is why I'm with Uber Danger on... I'm sad that they're removing Sword of the Occult, because I build that in a ton of normal games, because I, I like to play normal games. I like to just chill out. I haven't been having as much success in solo queue recently, so I just like to play normal games, and I always build... I always play Lisa because he's super fun to play in normals, and I build Sword of the Occult and full damage, and kill some people and it's good times for all but it playing league of legends for fun is great i assume that because of the nature of of my show of what you're listening to right now that most of you guys are competitive players who do want to climb the ranked ladder and get better at league that could be wrong i I could be off the mark on that but if if you do want to get better at league you have to do the research and find out what's good what's not and how you can counter what's good. So that's that's learning the meta, and then that's learning the counter meta. And that's a really important part of being good. Now, you can just play your one champion to get good, like I did. I mean, I, I have a decent champion pool, but none of them are nearly as good as my Master Yi, and I would not be Diamond probably without Master Yi, but it it's just... You have to really figure out what your goals are when you're playing... League of Legends. What do you want to do with this game? Do you want to get better? Do you want to become the best? Do you want to go pro? I mean, I'm trying to get to master tier next season. Will it happen? I don't know, maybe. But that's the goal that I'm setting for myself because I do want to be one of the best league players in North America because that's just a goal of mine. That I really do want to be good at this game and I think I am good at this game right now. So I personally do want to become the best. If you don't want to become the best, then you don't have to. That's fine. You can play just for fun. But even if you're just going to play for fun, don't constrict yourself to the scrub mentality because it is destructive. Destroyed many of my friendships. Well, didn't destroy many of my friendships, but it did lead to several um, fights. Not fist fights, usually, but it's not my fault. Smash Bros. brings out the worst in me. Just kill people, but really, for realsies, for rizzle, my shizzle, slizzle, dizzle. Someone told me I have a boring white person voice. Like, can you guys believe that? I don't have a boring white person voice. Do I? Send it to my Twitter. Yes, you do have a white person. Oh, you know what? I'll put a straw poll in the description. Do I have a boring white person voice? Yes or no. And you guys can answer that because I want to know. Do I have a, <laughs> a boring white? So I can tell her, yes, you are correct. Or no, you don't have a white. I don't have a white person, boring guy voice. But anyways, I hope you guys found that interesting. Um, I really like that no- novel. <laughs> I really like that article. I like what it covers on. And I've never really seen that topic touched on as well as it is in this article, and I think there is a full book, but it's on serwin.net. 
I think it's written by a game developer. Um, definitely worth the read. Definitely really interesting. I might check out the full thing, but I do think this was a good enough synopsis that that you guys will get the gist of it after listening to this episode. But playing to win. That's how I play. That's probably how you guys play. So hopefully this illuminates the scrub mentality and what to avoid when you're playing League. Hey, I'm so glad that you guys all followed me on Twitter. You know, just like I ask you to at the end of every episode, you know. It's just really great that every single one of you guys just went on to Twitter, followed at LO Legends Radio. It's just really great of you guys, so thank you so much for that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just... The guilt is real. But you should still follow me on Twitter at LO Legends Radio. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I like reading articles. Do you guys enjoy when I read the articles, or would you rather it just be me coming up with stuff off the cuff? I, I honestly think that it's kind of better for me to have a more focus, uh, focused and specific goal when I start recording, but maybe you guys just enjoy hearing me give my opinions on stuff. I honestly don't know. If you guys, like, I, I'm actually being serious for once, like, like drink this in because I'm being serious for once. If you guys could send me just a really quick tweet on whether or not you enjoyed this or the me just coming up with stuff more, that would be really great for me to, you know, improve the quality of the show for you guys. But if you don't, then just thank you so much for downloading this episode of League of Legends Radio, and I will catch you on the flippity-flop. This has been League of Legends Radio.